Media Mix and I'm Claire Atkinson. On this episode, we hear from Johanna Masker with Press Advance and get her take on the upcoming presidential debate, Elon Musk and the ever controversial TikTok. We need to see a situation such that Republicans and Democrats are going to hold Elon Musk as accountable as Mark Zuckerberg, as accountable and hopefully more so than the Chinese Communist Party owned TikTok, which has been, you know, taking over our young people's brains and uh, is really in a dangerous predicament. Young people are getting their news from TikTok experts and no one seems to know what to do about it. Now let's get to our conversation with my wonderful friend, Johanna Masker. She's a contributor at News Nation and a former press advance for President Obama. And if that isn't enough, she's also the host of a podcast called Press Advance, which is also produced by Situation Room Studios, which houses me too. Be sure to check out her latest episode after you listen to this one. Here's our conversation. I wanted to chat with you today, Johanna, because we have a primary season coming up. You're at News Nation. They build themselves as being uh, for a broader tent. It's not biased. It is, uh, they're attempting to bring in viewers of all political stripes. And what I love about you is that you're a person who is trying to break through the polarization and bring us together and find ways where we can uh, find common ground. But first, tell me, how on earth did News Nation manage to land a Republican primary debate? <laughs> well, Claire, it's wonderful to be with you. I have been with News Nation now since our election, November 2022. And I'll say I love it. There is nowhere that I see other than News Nation where you have people who are from the Obama teams, from the Trump teams, from every different stripe nonpartisan people who are, you know, just from their local communities coming together and having honest, refreshing conversations. Nexstar has invested heavily in building News Nation, really using the incredible resources of local television stations, starting with WGN in Chicago. That's where I was in Chicago for our election night, 2022, and it was an amazing feeling because we started that election night, you know, really knowing that the voters were going to decide the outcome and we were going to analyze it. And I said, you know, Morgan Ortegas is my Republican counterpart who was on with me that night. And she and I were talking beforehand. She said, you're going to have a rough night. And I was like, however the voters go, that's how it's going to go. What happened that night is we were all honest and it was refreshing and people tuned in and they stayed tuned in. That has happened since they've been building is that more people are joining News Nation and they are staying with News Nation. When they find News Nation, they stay there. I am thrilled that News Nation is going to be hosting the next Republican debate because what they are doing is what Americans want. They want to cut through the partisan nonsense and be honest. And that's the thing, Claire, is having gone on other media outlets, I know that 
there's almost an expectation of what you're going to say. And when you don't say what's scripted, it's like, whoa, 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 what are you saying? And the thing that I love about News Nation is nobody's telling you what to say and you can be honest. And the truth is, I don't believe everything that one person or one party believes. I don't think most Americans do. And so to have that honest conversation is what's so necessary to break down this toxic partisan divide in our media. Yeah. How did they debate? (laughs) Well, uh, one, they bid for it. You know, I know that they've been in the process of trying to get the Republican debate because they believe that one, they have the viewers that are going to decide. And that's what I'll say is we have such thoughtful viewers. I engage with them on social media all the time and they are truly undecided. They are the people who are, you know, from Michigan to Wisconsin, to Pennsylvania, to Arizona, going to decide the outcome of this election. And they want a fair and balanced, substantive debate. I know that we're going to have an incredible lineup, and this I'm pretty excited about, some dynamite women. Elizabeth Vargas is the host of Elizabeth Vargas Reports on News Nation. She's an outstanding journalist who was with ABC for years. She is an excellent moderator. She moderated our RFK Jr. town hall, which is actually where he said he was open to running as a third party candidate before he eventually did run as a third party candidate. So we have been breaking news. Megan Kelly is joining the roundup. And this is the first debate that she's going to be at the helm of since a pretty incredible debate where she held Donald Trump to account years ago. And then Eliana Johnson from the Washington Free Beacon. So we've got a wide range of women who are not newcomers to holding people's feet to the fire. And so I think they're already, and in fact, I know they're already in debate prep, really looking at the questions that they're getting. We even have a link on the website where audience where viewers can submit questions. That's the other thing that I love about News Nation is that we truly are working to get our audience's input, the real people who are going to be making those decisions. So I think with TV, it can often feel like it's a opinion folks and lawyers, and they're not really relating to the issues that general people want to talk about. And that's, you know, gas prices, inflation, gun violence, the economy. Paint the picture of the kind of topics that you cover on News Nation that perhaps don't get covered by other outlets. Well, we have Collins, so people can call in to live television and talk to people. So Cuomo does this all the time, and it's incredible because, you know, the questions people are asking are, you know, they're very honest and raw. In fact, one night I saw one of my colleagues who's one of the analysts was on with Chris, and one of the callers was like, you know, if Chris Christie can't control his weight and his, you know, himself... Why should he be controlling America? (laughs) 
People ask uh, the toughest questions sometimes. And, you know, there's real people that you're on the other side of. So that I love. The kinds of questions that Americans can expect are going to be the questions that affect ordinary Americans. They're not going to be the questions that moderators in a vacuum have decided with no input from the public. So, you know, that's what I loved even with the RFK Jr. town hall is like, we know that he is a vaccine skeptic. We know that he has some of these outlandish views. We know that he for a long time had substance abuse issues um, and, you know, really kind of is, uh, in my opinion, he is Hunter Biden because he's had all sorts of nefarious business ties and all of these things. But I think what Elizabeth Vargas was able to do is really dial into, okay, so why are you running for president? Why do you think without having any political office before you are best suited for this job and what are you going to do with it? Focus on those kinds of issues. And I think that's where, you know, when you really actually look at it, the people who are showing up for these debates, they are making their case to the American people. If Donald Trump doesn't want to show up to this debate, that's his choice. Well, he's not there, but he's the front runner. Is he just allowing everybody else to kind of set their table and maybe, in the case of Nikki Haley, get some traction here? I think it is a sign of someone who is so confident that they don't think that they need to make their case to the American people, that they don't show up for a debate. It's an arrogance that I have seen from the Clinton orbit, which is what allowed us with the Obama orbit to take her down. And it is what I'm seeing with Donald Trump again. He believes that he is the only candidate who can be, you know, the Republican uh, nominee and then who can make America great again. And that is the problem with his argument. There isn't substance to that argument. So in these debates, you've got Nikki Haley, you've got Ron DeSantis, maybe uh, probably Vivek Ramaswamy because he is getting the TikTok vote, evidently. You know, those candidates are making their case to the American public about what they stand for and what America should be in the future. And that deserves, I believe, our attention. Yeah. And not only does it deserve our attention, I think it's making a difference. Yes, you're seeing Nikki Haley surge because she's showing up, she's doing the hard work. And honestly, she is coming across like a candidate who could win a general election, whereas Donald Trump is still talking about these very divisive and very, you know, self congratulatory stories of his previous victory, which has been ruled <laughs> like overruled in every court since. So yeah, I think absolutely, you know, Nikki Haley's making a difference. Ron DeSantis is probably making a difference. This week, we're going to see him on stage with Governor Newsom having a debate about the future of states, which I think, you know, is again, a debate that I'm going to watch. Yeah. Let's go back to Donald Trump. He did an interview very recently with Univision that caused a lot of uh, chaos with their viewers and came in for criticism from their key anchor, Jorge Ramos. And the same with CNN. CNN interviewed Trump. The viewers hated it. It sounds like most of the talent hated it. And in the audience were people who were very pro-Trump and applauded his uh, every comment. How do mainstream outlets tackle the Trump interview 
without that backlash? Is there even a way to do it? There is. But first, these mainstream news outlets reap what they sow. They created this. I mean, Donald Trump came into office and I remember saying I would never root against a U.S. president having seen the stakes and having seen what is put before a U.S. president. There is no easy decision that's put before a U.S. president. But what happened in the media environment is there was just this destructive and self-congratulatory resistance that was toxic. They created this environment where Donald Trump, I've never seen it before. Like he really was a reality TV star over and over and over again. They created Donald Trump and then they get upset when they can't cover him fairly. So I would say they are as much to blame as Donald Trump himself. With uh, Univision, it's this unfortunate scenario where, you know, Donald Trump has said these things pretty, like he said what he said over and over again. Like he's, he's not making news when he's saying that he's going to go after his political opponents, including the Republicans who are standing against him. Every time a Republican goes out, stands against him, he goes on true social and he says these things. It's just because Univision covers it that they get the backlash. And that's a problem because we have to cover the front runner for the Republican nomination, but they've created these environments where you can't even cover a contender. And that's why I am so proud of what News Nation has created. They're going to cover Trump. They're going to cover Nikki Haley. They're going to cover Ron DeSantis. They're going to cover Vivek Ramaswamy. They're going to cover RFK Jr. And they're going to cover Joe Biden. They'll cover everyone. And that's the environment you have to create in order to keep your viewers when you decide to cover one of those, you know, incendiary remarks that frankly, these candidates are making on social media, whether they're making on television or not. Is there anybody you'd like to interview on News Nation? Is there a big get for you or a dream candidate? Who would you love to come on? Well, yeah, look, I Donald Trump came on on that election day 2022 and made some news. I want to see us covering every single candidate. And I'm proud of the people that we get in. I mean, we get, you know, the Tim Burchett's of the world and the Kevin McCarthy's of the world. So you're getting both of the Republican, you know, wings, you're getting, you know, the more progressive Democrats along with some more moderate Democrats. You've got to cover them all. I think, Claire, we're in this environment where, you know, to belittle someone else is how we get news. But I actually think we need to cover the substance. And so what you know, I'm doing this week on press advances. I'm talking to Mike Gallagher about China. But we should, sorry to interrupt. I, I should say the press advances your own podcast, yes. uh, Situation yes. Studios, which also hosts this podcast. Tell us a little more about that. Yeah. So we've got Mike Gallagher coming on to talk about his select committee on China. You know, he's been looking into even our. TSP, which is the Thrift Savings Plan for federal government employees, was invested in some cases in Chinese munition companies. And that's 
crazy that we are funding the Chinese state security apparatus. But in some cases, we are and we've allowed for this. So they are covering that and they've gotten actually thrift savings account changed their policies. Now, some other big investors like BlackRock and others have not. Um, They're covering TikTok. Again, you know, we talk about social media. Our administration, the Obama campaign, we relied on Facebook. The most downloaded app right now is TikTok, a Chinese app that is being manipulated by China. And that is dangerous. So we're going to talk about TikTok and what we expect the Chinese to be doing in this election because they do interfere in elections. There's an election in Taiwan going on right now. People aren't paying enough attention to some of these things because it's all Trump all the time. And these are the issues that I think actually matter for, you know, our freedoms for the next hundred years. How would the Chinese involve themselves in the next election? That's what I'm going to ask Mike Gallagher, who's been investigating this. <laughs> because, you know, it's it's so interesting having done bilateral meetings with Chinese officials because it is, you know, there's not one person who's in charge. It's ruled by committee. So every meeting you take with them is with a committee. And they are absolutely aligned on some of the things that they do and the objectives that they have for, again, the next 100 years. We think in four-year increments of election cycles. They've got long-term plans. So having seen that myself involved in multiple bilateral meetings with the Chinese, I want to talk to Mike Gallagher, who's continued these investigations of what are they planning for the next hundred years so that America can actually have a plan that doesn't matter a Democrat or a Republican president, but could have some consistency for American businesses to have predictability in the next, you know, planning of their business growth for the next, you know, 50, hundred years. Obviously, social media is a huge element of influencing people. Tell us about Elon Musk's ex. Do you see Democrats continuing to spend political ad dollars there? You know, I think anyone who expected Elon Musk to be some American patriot, they're going to be sadly disappointed. Here is a capitalist South African kid who moved to America, made it big with PayPal and has, you know, become this relied upon beacon by some people as like some freedom warrior. Elon Musk is literally building himself a rocket ship to get off of earth should he need to. He is not some patriot. So, you know, I think it's the responsibility of Congress to hold him and other media and business owners accountable. And we have not. Section 230 has allowed the internet to just develop unchecked. And I think it's high time Congress need to take that on. What we need to have is we need to see a situation such that Republicans and Democrats are going to hold Elon Musk as accountable as Mark Zuckerberg, as accountable and hopefully more so than the Chinese Communist Party owned TikTok, which has been, you know, taking over our young people's brains and uh, is really in a dangerous predicament. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Mark Zuckerberg was an easy villain to kind of understand after the election and, you know, Hillary lost and Trump won and, and it was vengeance on Facebook in many ways. Um, and Elon has just stepped into that villainous role of the social media evil overlord. And, you know, to your point, maybe we should all be looking at someone else. And I don't even know what his name is. And he's not even on the radar, probably, of most people. Hopefully it's a she. <laughs> Hopefully she is building the next media conglomerate that's actually going to be an incredible force for social good. But no, there are there are other competitors out there that are, you know, looking at trying to build, but they need a f- free and fair environment. And you actually see the Justice Department going after Google for some of their nefarious practices. That kind of stuff has to happen. We have to hold companies accountable so that small businesses can compete. And too many administrations have looked the other way. Nextstar, which backs News Nation, is a a local station group. Uh, Local station groups in the swing states typically get the majority of the ad dollars. Are viewers swayed by those ads, do you think? I guess they must work if people, if they still keep buying them and and people uh, change their votes. Perhaps they do. They 100% work, Claire. And that's the truth. You like, people wouldn't invest so heavily in negative ads in local markets if they did not sway the outcome of the election. There is enough data to show that they do work because those are the places where you know that your prime audience who's still making their decision because they're watching the nightly news in their local stations, they are going to make or break a candidate success. And so there's a reason why they are so heavily relied on. And yeah, absolutely. I think people need to look at local news. It's interesting because I was a journalism student at the University of Kansas. And I remember I was print. I had the print focus before the multimedia era. And um, I was always surprised that actually local news had the highest trust ratings. And the reason why is because they see someone they know. You know, when you see someone you know, you're more likely to rely on that person. And so they still have one of the highest trust ratings in all of the media environment. And that counts for something and should count for something in this election. Yeah. What are the other ways that uh, politicians are using this time around that are new? I mean, text messaging is starting to get big. I feel like I see so many text messages from people I didn't even sign up to follow. It's always been interesting to me how many carve outs politicians have that ordinary businesses can't use to reach people, but they can. You know, we used to go door to door in this environment of distrust, that's kind of changing and that's sad. You know, the I went to a briefing that the DNC did on what they're doing and they're really lasering in on the voters that they need to find and where they're going to find them. Um, you know, their most reliable voter, unfortunately, is not the young voter. Young voters can change that should they want to. They can show up but they have not been the most reliable voter. They'll try to find them, but they're going to put their money where they can bet on those voters coming to the polls and they can bet that the person who's viewing the local news at night is going to show up to their polling station on election day. 
This is the Media Mix. I have with me Johanna Masker, who's a contributor at News Nation and also a former press advance for President Obama. Johanna, I would love to ask you um, a little bit about the story that you wrote for The Hill a couple of months ago. And it was about watching the process of the primaries. And I thought it was uh, really interesting for somebody who's British, and I don't know all the ins and outs of how these Republican primaries work. Can you give us a little insight into what we should be watching as this process goes along? People forget that America is a republic and such we have state rights and states decide the outcome of the election. And every time we get to an election and the Democrats have won the majority of votes and yet have not ended up in the White House, they're like, oh my God, how did this happen? (laughs) It's designed this way because of states' rights. So What's happening in the primary process is even more nefarious, I guess you could say, or ambiguous, uh, you could say, because the parties actually control it. It's not controlled by the state election officials in too many cases. The parties control how their delegates are divvied up. So that means people vote in a state. And we, when we were running against Hillary Clinton, President Obama, uh, when we were running against Hillary Clinton, we understood the delegate math. And so we went into it understanding we needed to get X number to go on to the next state and continue to fight. The Republicans and Democrats have different rules regarding their delegates. And Trump has leaned heavily on states to make sure that they have more of a winner-take-all strategy, meaning if he wins, even if he wins just 35%, but the rest of the candidates split that percentage, he gets winner-take-all. He's leaned heavily on these states to get those states to lean that way. Not all states have gone that way, but some like Nevada have literally changed it so that it's not a primary process. It's a caucus process, meaning you have to show up for a caucus that's closed, that's even closed to compete. You have to pay $50,000 to even compete in these races. So what's happened is it's made it very difficult for any other candidate who isn't polling at a high number to be able to compete with the likes of Donald Trump. However, it is still possible. Not a single vote has been cast. And I would actually put money on Nikki Haley continuing to surge. And if she surprises people in states like New Hampshire or in Iowa, or if DeSantis surprises people in Iowa, then it's game on because a lot of these states, at least until Super Tuesday, are not winner take all. There's some proportionality. So we shall see. I will be paying close attention on Press Advance and on News Nation. And Claire, I always love Media Mix. I love what you're doing. And I'm so grateful for letting me join today. Oh, no problem. Before we wind up, one last question. Would love to ask you what political stories you're going to watch in the next 12 months. Oh, my God. In the next 12 months? <laughs> well, the, the election is pretty key. But look, we have to pass a budget. The Republicans have struggled so far to get enough of their party on board to govern the House. Uh, you have a lot of people retiring, and that means that this next election is going to bring in a lot of newcomers. A lot of newcomers means a lot of uncertainty. I'm going to be following who is jumping in in all of these different states. And then even the things like what Forward Party is doing to give more people more choice, like with ranked choice voting and other alternatives that don't 
make it so that the parties have as much power as they currently have. So those are some of the many things I'm going to be paying attention to. Great. Thanks for joining us here today, Johanna. It's always really interesting to listen to you. I could listen to you the whole afternoon. And good luck with the debate and the rest of the work at News Nation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Claire. That was Johanna Masker. She's the host of Press Advance. And be sure to check out her latest episode after this one. Both of our podcasts are produced by the Global Situation Rooms, Situation Room Studios. And if you're interested in having your own podcast produced, connect with them for a list of services. Thank you for listening to this latest season of The Media Mix. To stay in the mix, subscribe to the podcast and the newsletter, themediamix.substack.com. And you can email us at themediamixus at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on the podcast. We'd love you to subscribe and maybe give us a review and stand by for some more next week. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.